0: So hey everyone, we're back in the studio. Uh, thanks for joining us. This is the Ordinary Courage podcast, and this is episode six, and I am in the studio today with Shauna Catherine, and I'm very excited to uh, get into Shauna's story with you all. Um, I've known Shauna um, a little bit from a distance, and distance and kind of close up at times um, for about the past five five years or so so i'll just tell you a little bit about shauna shauna she's been doing advocacy and trying to provide support to family and friends of loved ones who suffer from substance use disorder since she first uh, found that her 17 year old daughter had developed an addiction to fentanyl so just through the shame the embarrassment and just the loss over what to do and how to handle this new life that had been thrust upon her. Um, Shauna started doing advocacy work. uh, Frustrated when she tried to seek out support and find that there was hardly anything available. Uh, It has been her mission to change that, and while volunteering and advocating with Change the Face of Addiction in Calgary, she branched off, and in January 2019, she created Here Together, which is a monthly in-person support group for family and friends with loved ones who are suffering from addiction of drugs and alcohol. Although the support group is in Airdrie, she does have families from Calgary and surrounding areas join her. Her goal is to provide support and suggestions to the families who attend her group to help with the lonely, stigmatizing and too often heartbreaking disease of addiction. Shauna has also spoken at the Foothills Hospital to the doctors of family medicine for their opioid use disorder treatment uh, day to share her story. So she's a big advocate here in the recovery um, addiction community sharing her story. Uh, Shauna has most recently uh, taken kin- kinship guardianship of her granddaughter while her daughter struggles with her sobriety and all the complications surrounding that. So I am so excited to have you oh, with you. us today, Shauna. I'm excited to
1: be here. <laughs> I, yeah,
0: it is awesome. It is, yeah. Um, so I want to, I just want to kind of um, dive right in okay. with just, uh, if you could share a little bit about your, just your story with Kennedy. Sure. Uh, kind of where that started, how old she was when when mm-hmm. you Mostly when you kind of started to know that, oh my gosh.
1: Something wasn't quite right yeah. anymore. Yeah. yeah. Um, she was probably about 17, 16-ish. Um, she started, she was going into her final year of high school. She'd always been an honor student, was doing really well. And then slowly, th- little things started to change. She started dating a boy who was a couple of years older than her. She was having troubles getting up in the morning to go to school. Um, she was staying out later than normal. She was usually, I mean, she would always tell us, check in with us and tell us where she was and things, but just little things started to change. And mm-hmm. I started noticing when she was going out for a cigarette break, she was like falling asleep all the time. And I didn't know, uh, Mm -hmm. like my drug use (laughs) information at that time was so Mm -hmm. limited. I had no idea what it was. I thought maybe she was just smoking pot and it was making her tired. She was staying up too late. She was in high school, blah, blah, blah. All the things that Mm -hmm. you justify before you go to the worst thing possible. Um, And so after she graduated from high school, things started to deteriorate. Shall we say quite rapidly? She was causing fights with her family, her brother. Um, she was going out at weird hours again, lying to us, telling us she had a job that she had to do inventory first thing in the morning, was gone at like six and seven o'clock in the morning and I call the her place of employment looking for her. Oh, she hasn't worked here in weeks, just different wow. things like that. Yeah. So we I confronted, I guess confronted, asked her and her boyfriend one day. We were watching the news and this was when fentanyl okay
0: yeah broken
1: into the news, I yeah, guess. Totally. So she, I mean, Kennedy will be 20, she just turned 23 in October, or will be 23 in October, I guess we're only in August now. So um, it's been about that long. Mm-hmm. And um, they both denied it. They said they would never do anything that, that was that dangerous. They knew it was killing people. So I was like, okay, that makes sense. I trust you guys. Mm-hmm. Just figure out what's going on and get yourselves together. And that went on for about five or six more months. And then things started to get really bad. They, she m- got in a fight with me, moved out of the house. Um, I started to see different things. It's like, it's hard to, to give it an exact timeline because mm-hmm. it kind of becomes a bit of a blur yeah. with... Um, exactly when things happened i remember the the exact time i found out she was taking fentanyl she'd been in and out of the doctor's office a million times because i kept taking her to my family doctor and my doctor kept saying oh it's teenage angst don't worry about it there's nothing wrong with her she'll outgrow it so i'm like okay i trust my doctor you're supposed to know mm-hmm. everything that's going on so that's i'll believe you mm-hmm and um, then finally, I was talking to one of my neighbors across the street, and there'd been a couple of incidents where Kennedy had been threatening to kill herself, and we'd had to call the RCMP, and we live in Airdrie, and I was at work one day, and my son called me, and he's like, Mom, she's, like, running around the house like a crazy person with a knife, and you need to call the police. I, I can't calm her down. Mm-hmm. And so I called them on my way home from work, and they took her in and took her to Emerge, and back and forth with the hospital and and at that point it wasn't addiction was not in the forefront like Mm -hmm. it is now Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. we had a lot of um, different situations where people were judging as soon as we go in the hospital they're like oh she's just a teenager overreacting and things like that so Mm -hmm. um, but I was talking to one of my neighbors and she said to me the way to get her in and get help for her is to tell the medical profession she's either going to hurt herself or others. And she's like, don't tell them that I told you that. Mm -hmm. But that is their code word for getting help. So I was like, I'm going to do whatever I can because I cannot find anybody who can tell me what's wrong with her. And again, at this point, I had no idea what was going on. Mm -hmm. And um, my ex, my husband, and I are divorced a couple of years ago now. And in the process of all this, we had very differing views on how to handle everything. So I took her into the family doctor, told them that she sent us, gave us a little piece of paper, told us to go to the lowest emergency room and they would check her in. So mm-hmm. we ended up at Rocky View, got in there. Um, they started doing blood work and all sorts of things. And, and she looked up at her brother and I and she said to me, mom, I have to tell you something. And I'm like, okay. And she's like, I, I'm addicted to fentanyl. And
0: okay, so how old was she? Uh,
1: 18. Just She had just turned... So she was 17 when she graduated. And this is October <coughs> of uh, when she turned 18. So what are we now? 2020, so five, about 2015, 2016. She just turned 18. And this was October. And I was like... my. I always tell people my life the day before that and the day after will never be the same. Like it'll, I'll never, uh, it just, it still upsets me thinking about it now. Like I'll never be able to go back to that uncertainty and the naivety or naivety of not knowing what was going on with her and not realizing how heavy the scope was going to Mm -hmm. be in the fight. We Mm -hmm. were all going to be battling Mm -hmm. for so long. Mm -hmm. Um, And I was just shocked, I didn't know what to do. So immediately the doctor came in, separated us, sat me in a room by myself and told me, you need to cut her off. You need to practice tough love. You need to tell her she needs to stop using drugs or she'll never quit and this could kill her. I don't think she understands. And I'm like, okay, like again, you're the doctor. I don't know what else to do. So they kept her on a hold there for the day. I was like, they gave me a pamphlet (laughs) Um, to leave and told us to follow up with ADAC in a week. No naloxone kit, no information on fentanyl. Again, I'm so unknown to the drug yeah. culture. Um, so I just left there <coughs> thinking, okay, now that we know, she's going to stop. And mm-hmm. that's it's going to be over. Mm-hmm. And it didn't. <laughs> we went home and she just got more sneaky and manipulative. And there was numerous back and forth to emergency rooms and to doctors what were
0: those what oh, was the back and forth to the? just
1: that she was overdosing okay. I'd found I'd find her she the one time I found her she would passed out in the bathroom and had cr- actually crawled out of the bathtub before she passed out and she could have died because she could have drowned and I had no idea um, I started doing research on other family members, and the shame was incredible. Like mm-hmm. I didn't even want to tell my family. I was like, my ex and I had a really good marriage. We, the kids were in a, a very mi- middle class family. There had been no alcoholism, no abuse, nothing that we knew of that mm-hmm. was anything that that we thought at the time mm-hmm. would lead to these scenarios. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I just kept thinking, oh my God, I'm the worst parent ever. Like, how could I have let this happen? How could I have not seen this? coming that I let this happen I raised both my kids the same and my son smokes a little weed once in a while but my daughter is like that's killing people mm-hmm. at a drastic rate and nobody seems to do, be doing anything about it mm-hmm. and this is coming from a girl who used to drive downtown three years earlier and be like oh homeless people why can't they just go get a job like I had no clue yeah. none at all yeah so it was a very rude awakening um she applied for treatment um, that took almost eight months to get in. She applied to Aventa and our family doctor helped her. She finally got in there, um, got kicked out three weeks later for smuggling in a little thing of alcohol. So they made her leave. She called right after and said she was really sorry. She'd gotten kicked out, she wanted to go back. So she reapplied to go back, but they couldn't, told us they couldn't get her back until February. Um, and then she overdosed. We, we went on this hyper-vigilant, we're going to protect her. We're going to make sure she never uses drugs. We're going to do everything in our power to make it stop. We cut off her Internet. We took away her phone. We took away her iPad. We took away everything, and we assigned myself, my ex, uh, my son, and two of her friends 24-hour shifts. So somebody was with her all the time.
0: Wow. And she's how old while this was happening? She was
1: almost, mm, she was about, had turned 18, was almost 19. Okay, yeah, yeah. So this is uh, past her 18th birthday. We're now getting into the fall of when she's going to turn 19. And Mm -hmm. it was, she was like being babysat. Mm -hmm. But again, sneaky, she was having a friend mail drugs to her. So she would tell us she was just going to go out and check the mail. And they were coming in the mail. And I didn't have a clue. Like, it's unbelievable the stuff that they will, the lengths they'll go to. And at this point, I just thought, oh, she's so manipulative. Instead of a, this is something her body is craving so badly. Suboxone had still not been introduced Mm -hmm. to me. Nobody, Mm -hmm. my family doctor, a million visits, never mentioned it at all. And um, we, she'd gotten these pills. One of her, her girlfriend was upstairs with her and came downstairs and said she thought she saw some in a container, saw some fentanyl, some green pills in a container. So I went booting up the stairs. Kennedy was asleep. I started rifling through her stuff. She's freaking out because I'm going through her stuff, and I find them. We get into a huge fight. She grabs the package and takes three and and swallows them, and all of a sudden I'm like, oh, my God. This is like she's. I don't know what's going on. I don't know how this reaction and she starts <laughs> overdosing at that time. We drive, jump in the car, drive her to urgent care in Airdrie. I run inside. I'm like, I think my daughter's having an overdose of fentanyl. And the triage nurses, I said, can you call an ambulance and take us to Calgary or should I drive there? Which would be faster? She's like, we need to triage her first. I'm like, I, I don't think you understand what I'm saying. My daughter's overdosing in the back seat of my car. And she's like, I'm sorry, I can't do anything until you you have to bring her in. And I was like, Well, screw this. I got back in my car, I drove to Peter Laheed as fast as I could. I've my son met us in the car. My husband couldn't be bothered, didn't want to come with us. He's like, thought I was overreacting. We met my son in he left work, he got in the car, met us at the Balzac gas station. We drove to PLC. Um, Connor was in the back seat. Reading, getting Kennedy to read to him, so she would stay awake, but she was having troubles. Her breathing was getting really slow. She was having troubles with everything, and we finally get to PLC. They take her in, they don't even leave her and emerge. They take her in right away, give her three doses of naloxone. And she refused to see me because I was this mean person who'd brought her in, and she was tired of this. She was tired of waiting, tired of being sick. Tired of being babysat like a little five-year-old, and I was terrified she was going to die. So, as a parent, I did everything I could to try and protect her, not realizing that I wasn't helping the situation at the time. So she ends up spending the night in the hospital. They release her the next day after they've made sure. They explain to me that uh, fentanyl naloxone is short-acting; it can uh, overdose can occur after the. F- the naloxone wears off and mm-hmm. they gave me more information that night and it was the first night we'd been to an emergency clinic where they hadn't been judgmental where i didn't feel like it was our fault that we were there it was somebody finally treated us like this is a disease she has these are the things you need to know about this and you need to educate yourself because unfortunately there's not a lot of places out there will that will teach you this mm-hmm. so we ended up with um going home the next day and again tried to watch her 24 hours a day um we got a phone call from um we called event to tell them that she'd overdosed in the meantime and Mm -hmm. they called us back and said have you ever heard of suboxone and i'm like no never and they're like okay this is you need to look into this Mm -hmm. we still we're going to push try and push her to get her back in here sooner but we're still looking january Mm -hmm. so if you can get her onto this. There's a new clinic that just opened up called Metro Clinic downtown. It's faster than Schumer. There's no wait list. Cause at the time I guess Schumer was like a week to two mm-hmm. week wait list. Mm-hmm. So I ended up, um, we ended up coming back and, um, getting, they were, they sat there and discussed everything with us. Mm-hmm. So they told us they could get her in for an appointment. This was like on a Friday or a Saturday. So they said, we can get you in for an appointment on Monday. Um, And I was already having reservations because in my opinion at the time, I was like, so I'm basically just replacing one drug with another. And again, with my uneducation at the time, which I always, I know some people call it ignorance, but I just think it's uneducated because... If I'd had somebody tell me, I wouldn't have been ignorant anymore. Mm -hmm. I think ignorance Mm -hmm. is just when nobody tells you what you need to know Mm -hmm. or what Mm -hmm. just gives you the information you need. So um, Jeff ended up taking her into the clinic on Monday and they started her on Suboxone within a week. And all of a sudden I had my daughter back again. she didn't have the cravings to use she said that she really wanted to get treatment and was going to stop using until she could get in um Aventa ended up getting her in two weeks before Christmas which was a struggle because her family had never been away from each other at Christmas Mm -hmm. so that was hard but we'd said like this is for the bigger good and you need to do this and she started her recovery journey so I thought mm-hmm. uh, she went into the youth addiction treatment program at Aventa which is a three-month inpatient program she did amazing probably for the first two months she called me every week and said she was leaving and I said that's fine just tell me where you're going to be because I'm not coming to get you like you have to do this and mm-hmm. I I can't have you come back home my biggest fear has always been finding her overdosed hmm and even to this day, she doesn't know where I live because we have had so many situations where she's shown up in um, a state that's been dangerous for both of us. And I just, it's just one of the boundaries that I've set, that I've made that's right for our family. It doesn't work for everyone, but it, it mm-hmm. works for us. And we yeah. both have that understanding. Mm-hmm. So she did three months there by about the two and a half month point. She was great. She wanted to stay. She was doing really well. She's going through counselling. We found out she'd been molested um, by a friend's dad when we lived in Carstairs. Um, She went under hypnosis and this was something that came out. um, Um, How old? Seven. Okay. At seven. It had happened twice and she stopped going back for sleepovers and I just again, the shame and the guilt mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. how come I didn't pick up on that? How so come? this was
0: a family friend?
1: Um, not a, fa- it was a, a girl, like we lived in a really small town. So all the kids kind of knew everybody mm-hmm. and it was a K to 12 school. So it was a, a fr- like, I don't, particularly I met the mom a couple of times I didn't really know oh, the I know dad what s- yes, you know what I mean yes, totally. so it's like yeah, oh yeah, yeah the yeah. mom I don't know even know if she was home um mm-hmm. so kennedy told us it took her a lot to tell us that this had happened because again mm-hmm. she was embarrassed mm-hmm. and there's always that doubt which sounds so horrible to say even when I say it, but I'm like, okay, if this really happened, why didn't you tell me when it happened? Like, we were really close, and we had such a great relationship. Mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. and as I've learned, it's like, well, because she was embarrassed and was told that if she told anybody, she would get in trouble and mm-hmm. that we would be mad at her. And at seven years old, how yeah. do you know any different? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So um, that happened. And then my ex was in the reserves in the military, and he went to Afghanistan um, when my kids were 10 and eight. And I think that was super traumatic for them. Um, kids at school used to tell them that their dad was going to die while they were away. And just, so Kennedy's always had a soft soul. I like Mm -hmm. to say, um, Mm -hmm. she doesn't, she, she, she's very much cares what people think and how they treat her. Um, my son and I aren't that way. We're like, whatever, it's uh, I mean I wouldn't be sitting here today if I was super worried about what people think Mm -hmm. because obviously as you know the judgments Mm -hmm. for what we talk about is immense Um, but she she ended up staying and said that treatment and finding all these things out were going to help her she did six weeks in their phase two program and she spent their phase three sober living is three months and she only got through a, a month and a half and both Aventa and her decided it was best that she leave. So I don't know 100% if that was a decision that was made on that she just wasn't prepared, she was tired of treatment, Mm -hmm. or that she wasn't giving it what they expected of her. I'm not 100% sure. So at this point we had seen (coughs) so many great changes and had finally had some time where we could sleep. I said to my son, like we talk about it all the time, it's like that year she was in treatment, I slept probably the best I have in five years, even up to this date, because she was safe. <laughs> somebody I, yeah. was, you know what I mean? Oh, like I can totally relate to Somebody that. was yeah. watching her, and somebody, yeah. if something happens, somebody was like right there to take care of her who knew what to do. Mm-hmm. And she wasn't living in a, a hallway of a mall or... Mm crashing with some friends who were using at the same time and nobody had naloxone kits because they didn't think fentanyl was serious at this time. Again, beginning stages of, of mm-hmm. the crisis that we're in right now. So she moved out and um, moved into an apartment in Calgary, a basement suite and Things were going really well for about four months, and then I started noticing signs. She was working in Airdrie, and I was just, I would pick her up and bring her out to Airdrie on the weekends, and she was not coming to the car on time, and she was falling asleep in the car on the way out to Airdrie. And I said to her, I'm like Kennedy this isn't my first rodeo like you don't need to be embarrassed if you've relapsed then that's okay Mm -hmm. because I was again the person at the the family meetings with Aventa who were like oh no my daughter's not going to relapse like we've got this I mean I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna fix this for her I'm gonna take care of this that's what I did my whole life I took care of my kids and my husband and this was just one more thing I I got this no problem rude awakening rude rude awakening. So we talked about what she was going to do, and she decided she didn't want treatment. She w- was prepared to go into active addiction again, and unfortunately, she's been there ever since. So,
0: Okay, I want to just...
1: Skip ahead? No, 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 not at all. Okay. Not
0: at all. I want... I, I sort of feel like... Um, I kind of feel like you just ran a marathon really fast.
1: Yeah. Hmm.
0: Like I, I know. there's a, like, and I know, you know this already too, but cause I, there's a lot of similarities with our mm-hmm. stories and stuff like that, like our journeys. And so there's a couple of points I want to just kind of dig into how you okay. were feeling.
1: 100%.
0: And I think the first one is when you talked about finding out that she was doing fentanyl.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, I was terrified terrified like I uh, I don't even know how to I don't even know what to say I think it was the uh, Rocky View that day that's I'll never forget I remember the whole day mm-hmm. I remember taking her in there the doctors telling us she couldn't leave couldn't go out for a smoke or anything mm-hmm. um, and my son and I got in the car and we went to Wendy's because she was hungry and they said we could go get her food mm-hmm. and her boyfriend showed up and said that he just wanted to give her some stuff. And so he had a cigarette package for her. So when she went out for it and my son, of course, way smarter than me because he'd been covering for her mm-hmm. for a year, which that poor child's like as siblings who have brothers and sisters who go through addiction, mm-hmm. my hat's off to them. Mm-hmm. My son is my hero. Like he stepped up, um, He probably spent more time at emergency, more time protecting his sister, more time protecting me than any 16 to 20-year-old should have. Mm -hmm. And I still, I honestly don't think he understands how much I appreciate the fact that I think he partially kept me alive. He just having some, unfortunately, my ex and I were drifting apart. We didn't agree on the way to treat things. And Mm -hmm. he just stepped out of the the situation. Mm-hmm. So it was left for Nathan and I to take care of. And um, we we're sitting at the Wendy's and uh, the name will remain uh, mm-hmm. unnamed, but yeah. he drove up, gave the cigarette pack and Nathan's like, I don't trust him. Mm-hmm. So he opened up the cigarette package and sure as <laughs> crap, there's two little things yeah. in the bottom. And I was like, What? I'd never seen fentanyl before except on TV Yeah. and the green powder that I always brushed off that was on Kennedy's dresser that I thought was just face mask dust or makeup or something, um, which for the record I never overdosed on by touching it, but I, d- I had no clue what it was when I was yeah. cleaning my house or things like that, I, I just was so naive and I remember going into the hospital and going up to the nurse and saying um, her boyfriend just tried to give her this and she was livid. She started flailing and screaming and couldn't believe that we had done this and how could we take this away from her and that's when I realized holy cow she's not even Kennedy anymore. She is this person who is so consumed with this drug that she will call me all sorts of names and swear at doctors and like I raised my kids to be respectful and Mm -hmm. this was I didn't know who this person was she was like somebody possessed when she thought for a minute that she couldn't get that drug and it scared me more than anything in my life like because I started to understand that this was going to be more than I expected Mm -hmm. and in our family we'd never struggled we'd never had that Um, I mean, my uncles used to drink when we'd go to parties, Mm -hmm. but my parents Mm -hmm. never drank. Jeff's family drank more than mine did, so I was exposed to that. He drank when we were first together, but stopped after we got married and Mm -hmm. things like that. So that was my exposure to drugs. I, 47 years old, I've never smoked a cigarette or touched drugs in my life. And I think now part of it is because I'm so scared of what I've seen happen, I have friends who come over and they bring a bottle of wine and I'm like, no thanks. Because I know how easy it would be to start drowning Mm -hmm. some of my feelings in that into something else and I can't let go of that control to that degree. But to know it was fentanyl and has progressed to heroin. um, But funny enough, everybody who says they're on heroin when it's actually tested, it's like 97% fentanyl. So they're kidding Mm -hmm. themselves. Like I say to Kennedy, you're not on, you're not taking heroin. You're taking fentanyl that you think is heroin. So it's, it's not that, but I don't, I don't know. Like, I'll never forget that day. I can, I can even still picture the doctor's faces that I saw that Mm -hmm. day. The rest of them have kind of been a blur. Yeah. But that day uh, I I remember driving her to Rocky View. I remember her threatening to jump out of the car. I remember running up, Because the only reason I even got her in the car that day is because I said that I needed to go to the doctors. So we were both going to go in and see the doctor. And then I went in first, got the prescription. And then I said, oh, it's okay. We don't have to stay. And she's like, well, why not? And she was high at the time anyway. Mm-hmm. So she was kind of a little droopy. And mm-hmm. just. And then all of a sudden, as we started driving, not towards Airdrie, but towards Rock, she knew s- the gig was up. And there was going to be some consequences to what had been going on.
0: So... Um, that that's so in that moment at the rocky in, view. at the rocky view mm-hmm. and so that that was literally the moment that yeah my life changed your life changed 100 yeah. percent.
1: and it's ne- it's it'll never go back
0: yeah, because
1: I- yeah. if kennedy ever does seek recovery and is in recovery she's always going to have a substance use disorder a drug addiction Whether she's in recovery for 40 years or 10 years, Mm -hmm. relapse is always possible. Mm -hmm. Um, So my worry may dissipate to some degree, but it's never going to go away. Mm -hmm. Whereas I don't worry about Nathan. Mm -hmm. I don't lose sleep. If I don't hear from him for a week, I don't panic. My life will always be that way with my daughter. Always. I, I just know it will. Even... Because even for that year when she was in treatment, mm-hmm. uh, um, when she got out and those first months, I was so paranoid. I was making sure she had everything she needed and t- trying to make sure she didn't go near people she shouldn't and she went to some NA meetings at Schumer and I was like, I don't really like you going down there and I can't drive downtown to this day because I'm still triggered from all the times that I had to go look for her. and. I start to feel my t- chest tighten when I get close to certain parts of downtown. So, I'd, I'll never forget that day ever. I just so
0: won't. this it's this has also been I I can hear even as you're talking like just very traumatizing. Oh, one hundred percent for you too. Yeah, yeah.
1: I think the family sometimes. Like, um, in my support group, we talk about how we think that we all have different degrees of PTSD.
0: Mm -hmm, Absolutely.
1: And and I'd never, I'm not one to, I don't like labels very much. And I'm like, oh, I'm tougher than that. And I... I don't have PTSD, and I don't have control issues, and I'm like, oh, surrender, yeah, I have it all now, like, I'll give you a list of the things that I have, Mm -hmm. anxiety, on one of your recent podcasts I was listening to, I think it was Carissa that said she finally gave in and and went on antidepressants, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and I, it took me almost 12 months from my doctor trying to convince me to go on them. Cause i'm like no i don't need it i don't need it and then finally i'm laying in bed one day and i didn't want to get out of bed and i've never experienced that and my doctor put it to me as your your body can't go 100 miles an hour mm-hmm. for five years and that's what you've been doing mm-hmm. so that is they've helped me immensely i think if anybody is struggling with trying to decide whether to take them or not mm-hmm. talk to your doctor because uh, it helped me immensely. I'm able, I still get anxious, yeah, but I'm still, yeah. I'm able to function way more than, and I have to now because of everything that's happened since then. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So a traumatic, a hundred percent PTSD, hundred mm-hmm, percent. Yeah.
0: I, I, I can relate to that. I remember, <sighs> I think it wasn't even really that long ago either. Actually, it was probably like maybe a year or two ago, or whatever, that when I realized even for myself, um, after just going through everything that Mm -hmm. we've been through, and not even just the stuff with Eden, but just all everything, all of it, right? And I remember joking one day, and I don't even really know what, like, what set it off or whatever, but it was just kind of like, oh, I think I have post-traumatic stress, like, Mm -hmm. and then it came up like again like a little while later or something. And and then I, I had reached out to a doctor because I had actually... Then, then I it kind of got me thinking about this whole post-traumatic stress for right. parents yes. of you know siblings, siblings, yeah. And, yeah. and 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 kids that are addicts and things yes. like that, and just all the stuff that you can go through. Yes. And, and then uh, we were going to talk about it at, at one of our conferences for Terminator, mm-hmm. and because then I then I found out like, wow, this is a really real thing. Mm-hmm. It's a really real I thing. I know. I know. And and it makes sense, and I I, you know it's so it's almost like a no brainer now. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. you're bringing your kids (laughs) back to life. Mm -hmm. You're doing CPR Mm -hmm. on your kids that have overdosed. You're rushing them to the hospital. Um, You're being called to the hospital. You're losing your job. job. You can't work, (laughs) or you just can't work. Like it's just it's it's it's, yeah, you Ah, know it's it's a a strain on marriages if you're married, right? I was a single parent going through mine so it just was like but yeah it's like oh yeah no wonder well and I I had a little stress
1: Kennedy started her developed her addiction I um, that went on for three years I got divorced yeah 24 year marriage ended and then obviously my daughter Mm -hmm. was expecting a baby and has since delivered a baby so in that five-year period I've had more things happen than most people experience in a lifetime. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, probably even in your own lifetime. In my own lifetime, I had yeah.
1: like I just kept thinking I'm like, man, and then you start it starts becoming where what did I do to deserve this? And it turns into a pity party instead of, you know what? I was this has happened to me so I can help others.
0: That's how you That that's is how you see uh, it. It now. it is now.
1: Yeah. 100% yeah. because
0: I don't think anyone deserves this. I agree.
1: You I know what I mean? No. And I don't yes. think
0: anyone does anything think to deserve, to deserve I this. I know. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, yes. I, Yeah. It's but when it's
1: all coming at you, oh, that's... Oh, I know. I mean, you know better than anyone. Like, all of a sudden, you're like, okay, wait a minute. I started going back. My son and I have sat numerous times and we're like, what do we think is the thing that set this whole event off? And to this day, he's like, mom, nothing. He's like, this is just the way things went. And yeah. we both became different and better people because of it she's mm-hmm. like i said i always tell people when they say to me what's the what's the one thing you got out of kennedy's addiction mm-hmm. and i said it's empathy uh, my empathy is beyond mm-hmm. anything i do not mm-hmm. judge anyone like I see parents with their kids in the store and I'm like I get you don't worry I got you (laughs) like do you need me to hold your child while you have a breakdown (laughs) because I can do that for you like I think it's just it's made me a better person I'm I have a good relationship with my daughter it's made me set boundaries with people that I think I I let take advantage of me for too Mm -hmm. long I like to be the person who's making everybody else happy and when you have a daughter going through addiction, you can't do that because you have to choose. Do I go look for Kennedy or do I go into work? Sorry, my daughter's going to win mm-hmm. every time. And it's it's been a struggle mm-hmm. getting employment, keeping employment, um, having employers who understand mm-hmm. a, f- a situation like this when they've never been in Well, it.
0: let's be honest, even wanting to work.
1: Exactly. Like
0: like like you know what 100%. i'm saying like 100% yeah. uh,
1: yes like i'm going
0: to go into work today
1: exactly
0: you know my daughter just overdosed exactly. last night you know or how yeah. about this time i'm going to go into work today and yeah. but there's people that are possibly after me because of some drug exactly. thing that went down. like do you know what i'm That's saying but so i'm going to go true. to work today yeah. and put a smile on my face and, like and pretend like nothing's wrong nothing's wrong, wrong. Yep. yeah and show up 100%. and do a good job yeah. yeah i just i it's so true i, I really do Believe the more, like the longer I've been in this, the the more work that we're all mm-hmm. doing, yeah. right? Um, that addiction is is a mental health issue. Agree, 100%. You know, and it should be treated 100%. as such. You yes. know, we. My son recently broke his leg and stuff like that, and you know he's off work because he can't do his job. Yeah, because he broke his leg and he's a, yeah. he's a line cook and he can't stand to do his job. Yeah. But I, like, I can't tell you how many trips I've made to rehab. Exactly. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> how many trips to the hospital? There's no benefits for no, that. I know. That's so true. You know? Yeah. It's like, soldier yeah. up there, I chick. You I know. know. Well, put, put your big girl panties on That's and right. go find work. Yeah. Like, yeah, because there's no, no, I can't call in sick and no. go, I think I'm, yeah. losing my mind, because exactly. I can't find my daughter, That's right. and, and you know, or
1: you're in the, the middle of your work day, and you're like, I just got a, a call from my daughter, and I think her boyfriend's going to kill her, I need to leave, because she's too scared to call the police because she has a warrant, Yeah, and she's calling me instead of the police, yeah, yeah, so yeah. I have to go fix this, sorry, I'll be <laughs> back in an hour, <laughs> if he doesn't kill her before I get there, yeah. and then I might be a little bit longer, yeah. like how do you, yeah. I mean, it's we joke about it, but it's so true yeah, yeah and yeah. it's so hard to find an understanding I mean I lost my job last October I they told me they were going in a different direction it was three weeks after I brought home my granddaughter with I mean you don't get benefits for bringing home a grandchild so here I am with a newborn I can't collect EI I can't take time off and it takes three to four weeks to get all the security set up for daycare, nanny, whatever mm-hmm, you... Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, not that that correlation was ever stated, but was it the straw that broke the camel's back? Who knows? Yeah. You know, it makes you wonder. So, I mean, blessing it's given me. I'm just going back to work for, I'm hoping is a great employer next week, mm-hmm. um, but it's given me 10 months to spend with my granddaughter, which has mm-hmm. been amazing, so...
0: You, you, I want to, we'll jump into. No, 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 don't be sorry (laughs) at all. This is, it's wonderful. I, I, I loved what you said about how this experience with Kennedy has given you empathy. It has. Because, and I know for me, and I talk about this all the time too, and I always get emotional too, every time. But going through what I went through with Eden was probably one of the best experiences I agree. of my life. I agree. It was yeah. hands down one of the, the most worst. painful. Yeah. It still is right? for me cuz and stuff like that, yeah. but it it taught me oh, so, so much. much. Me too. You know, and I'm so grateful for what it taught me, yes. for what it brought me for for the person <clears throat> like who it it showed me who I am. Yeah, me too. At a I don't know that you can never experience that the that at such a deep level if not by not going through these kinds of I things, agree. you know. Yeah. And so I I I get your the empathy. Yeah. You know, it's big just time.
1: I think it helps too when we talk to others going through it Absolutely. who are beating themselves up and so hard on themselves. Yeah. And I mean, I have I've talked to parents who are still they have family members that don't know what's going on yeah. and are yeah. terrified to tell them. And I'm like, it's okay. <laughs> yeah. You'll get to the point one day where you'll slowly be able to share your story and the weight that comes off you is immense
0: absolutely but it's
1: okay to not be there yet
0: yeah I will be
1: here with you until you get to that point yeah and I won't judge you and I will treat you like a parent like any other parent of a child with an addiction or without an addiction one day you'll get there and Mm -hmm. it will be amazing when you get there but it takes everybody different Mm-hmm. time periods and different situations mm-hmm. and different levels of addiction. Mm-hmm. Some, some kids dabble in a little bit of something. It's like they decide that's it, they're done, mm-hmm. and it, it can be very serious, and they're, it's not a lifelong mm-hmm. thing. And then there's other kids who, I mean, I've talked to parents again, 25 years, their kids have been struggling, and yeah. they're adults, and they've yeah. never, like I often say, I, I don't know if I really know Kennedy right now. Because mm-hmm. her addiction started when she was 17. I saw her sober for her 19th year. But she's tw- going to be 23. And from 19 to 23, I don't know who she is anymore. Because mm-hmm. it's really hard for me to be around her when she's using. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't like what I see. I mm-hmm. don't like what the drugs do to her. Mm-hmm. I don't like what the person she is when she uses. Mm-hmm. Um, so not saying that I'm I'm oh I have all the answers but I know I reached a certain point where her and I sat down and just said okay this is what I need from you Mm -hmm. and this is what you need from me Mm -hmm. and we'll try and make this work but I can't have this this and this And these are things, and she's like, I totally get it. She's really good now. If we get on the phone and she's been using or something, I'll just hang up on her. And it's not even a bad thing. It's just she knows. Then she'll be like, okay, I must be mumbling or be yelling at mom or saying things that are inappropriate or swearing too much. And she's like, I'll wait, and I'll call her later. Mm -hmm. And it's just, I think you get to that point when you... I don't want to, I mean, I guess it's accepting the fact of that this is what our life is. Well, I, th- like, I think, think,
0: yes, I think there is like a level of acceptance that you, because it, 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 is, it is a part of, it is what it, like it is your life. Mm-hmm. It is your, I, I remember yeah. going through that with Eden too. And just, I got to a, a, a place where I just, I no longer had any expectations and I wasn't yes. trying to control her. Mm-hmm. I wasn't trying to tell her you know, how much her using was it's hurting, hurting yeah. me or oh hurting it or hurting herself. Like it's I, like, it's I like just, your
1: voice in my brain. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just,
0: I just decided, I, I just, it was all, like, for me, it was almost like, I just, I just had complete, I surrendered it. Yeah. I, I surrendered it. Yeah and it's not that i i didn't give up on her i didn't right. stop hoping oh, and praying 100%. and believing for her yeah. but i had surrendered yes. my yes.
1: That is such will
0: and my control yeah. and yeah. my yeah. you know you're you're dismantling my life yeah. and your our family's life yes. stop it yes. stop it <laughs> yes. i i stopped that yes. i surrendered that yes. and it's once such
1: a great way of putting it yeah
0: and once i was able to do that i
1: <clears throat> you find a little bit of peace yeah I yeah.
0: totally and I could, was just able to be with her yeah. and take her in exactly where she, she was is. at yeah. Yeah. yeah until she was ready Yeah, and I just always let her know that that yeah. I, I love you yeah. I love you and yeah. whenever you're ready I'm ready yeah and I
1: I've tried to I think that's part of the empathy thing is is trying to I've seen huge changes in my parents I mean they're in their 70s drug addiction is not something that they're (laughs) familiar with either Um, but the changes I've seen in my family by just telling them just lower your expectations Mm -hmm. like just don't expect her to call you don't expect her to text back if she Mm -hmm. does great Mm -hmm. but if you don't have those expectations then there's no resentment Mm -hmm. absolutely there's no disappointment and then like I used to I can remember when I'd see when Kennedy graduated luckily she graduated from high school and all her friends were going away to university and all their they were posting everything and I'm like woohoo I'm just glad my daughter is alive today like Mm -hmm. it's your priorities change everything changes and and I was a control freak with my kids growing up the whole time, I, I thought I was doing everything right. I was, like, taking away their cell phones, and and they were just going around my back, mm-hmm. behind my back, and I didn't know, and that's okay, because at the time, that's all I knew. Mm-hmm. I didn't have mm-hmm. this amazing little ball that could tell me this is how you do everything so you end up with perfect parent, perfect kids, which, even if you do everything, doesn't mean you're going to end up with perfect Correct. kids. Yeah. But I think it's it's taught me to... to appreciate the little things mm-hmm. just enjoy what you have at the time my mm-hmm. dad um, recently had a pacemaker put in suddenly he's golfs 18 holes every day super healthy and was feeling a little short of breath and and i think it, it scared him a little bit and he we were, we met last friday and he said to me do you think we could get all the kids together for a picture And we hadn't seen Kennedy. Two of my nieces haven't seen her for almost a year. My parents saw her maybe six months ago. Her Mm -hmm. brother hasn't seen her in Mm -hmm. a very long time because, as you know, addiction with siblings can cause Mm -hmm. some huge rifts. Um, and I and she, Kennedy's been doing pretty good. I've, she's been in contact with me. She's been having regular visits with Ariel. So I was like, I'm gonna try, Dad. Like we'll make it close for her. So everything's everyone was everyone was willing to be convenient for her. Mm-hmm. We told her half an hour earlier <laughs> than we needed her there, mm-hmm. and she showed up. And we got some great family pictures.
0: I'm so happy for you. Uh, me Shana. too. Yeah. And I.
1: Like I said to my my dad was like in tears, which made me cry. But I was like, I posted all these pictures and my friends are like, oh, you look so happy. I'm like, you don't understand. Like, it's rare Mm -hmm. to get family photos, to get all my family together. Like, that's really, it doesn't happen. Mm -hmm. And to have Kennedy looking good Mm -hmm. and happy and healthy, that's, that's that doesn't happen, not with fentanyl, mm-hmm. not with meth, yeah. if there's no fentanyl available, yeah. Yeah. not with not eating, yeah. not with not knowing where she's going to be sleeping. Yeah. So I got those pictures, and let me tell you, bald like a baby when I was going through them and printing them out, and like even just how happy my parents were, mm-hmm. because I think that's part of it, too, is we try to protect our family yeah. from what we're suffering.
0: The ugliness of it. Yeah.
1: We don't want them to see how bad it is. Yeah. How much we hurt. How many times we're going to the hospital. I would only tell my parents we're at Emerge if I thought it was pretty serious Mm -hmm. because I didn't want to worry them. Mm -hmm. So it's just Nathan and I sitting in the emergency room waiting for Kennedy to get discharged and go back home. Mm -hmm. And... um it's starting to get a little bit easier the more, the further into it we get, I guess, because Mm -hmm. my parents are slowly starting to understand Mm -hmm. how hard it is to do it. Um, How that she can't just stop. Mm -hmm. That she doesn't, she's so embarrassed for all the things she's done. She's stigmatized, she's shameful. Mm -hmm. She doesn't see an end. Mm -hmm. When she thinks about heading towards recovery, that hill is so high. Mm -hmm. it's so much easier to just go use again. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of, those things are getting easier. But again, it's taken me six years to get to that point. And I have parents who aren't there, who've been in it for 15 years and they're not close. And Mm -hmm. I have some parents who've only been in it for two years and they get it. Yeah, I think, again, it's just (coughs) what you take out of it. and, And the sooner that you're able to surrender, like you mentioned, and realize that it's not your fault Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. as parents we want to fix things and take care of our kids and i should be able to protect my job was i when i was growing up i wanted to be a mom when people ask me what do you want to do for a living i'm like i'm gonna be a mom Mm -hmm. and i'm i was a good mom i was a really good mom my kids are respectful they're polite in public i mean they're not always polite with me necessarily but but they're <coughs> they're good kids mm-hmm. and i'm proud of them even kennedy with all yeah. her situations mm-hmm. that she's gone through i'm mm-hmm. still proud of her yeah and, i so get
0: that i totally right? get like, that. like they yeah.
1: just i mean she she when i saw her show up on time for pictures I was like bursting <laughs> and most people would be like oh big deal she showed I'm like no you don't understand what it takes for her to show up on time mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and to not leave three times in the midst of a two-hour mm-hmm. session together mm-hmm. or to say something inappropriate or to make somebody mad or whatever mm-hmm. like our, we all got along and everybody and we left there and my dad was just he called me so happy and I'm just so glad I got a picture of my two kids together. Mm-hmm. Who And they hugged at the end, and my niece started crying because they were whispering something to each other. And Alexis is my oldest niece, and she was just like, look at how happy they look together, Auntie. She's like, they haven't seen each other in so long. And she's like, even though I know Nathan's upset with Kennedy, look how much he loves her. And that's from a 13-year-old. So if a 13-year-old can figure that out, how come all these people who <laughs> judge us and our kids and can't figure that out? So, but there's hope. There all is hope. We can hope. do is teach. Yeah,
0: yeah, absolutely.
1: So, and we have this new little blessing, which I know you kind of wanted to talk about, which I'm super yeah. excited no, to do talk about. Yeah, no, do. Do we have time? Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah, jump in there. Okay. Let's Tell us. Yeah, I, um, Kennedy uh, had a baby. Um, Ariel just turned a year, August the 4th. That was um, another crazy thing. Yeah. Um, never, i never, I don't know why I just never thought that pregnancy would be part of this. She was in her addiction. I just, I mean, obviously she was, had a boyfriend or yeah. if you could, if you can call him that, but um, they were together and she, I was with her a couple of times She finally told me in March of 2019. uh, She found out in December and kept it a secret because she Mm -hmm. knew that I would push for her to not keep the baby. And Mm -hmm. um, then she told me she was keeping it, and the three of them were going to be a happy little family. And I was like, "You're you're crazy. Mm -hmm. Like you know that. First of all, nobody's going to let you keep this baby. Second of all, I'm not going to let you keep this baby. Like I'm not." I'm sorry, Kennedy, but that's where I draw the mm-hmm. line. Like, I I will do a lot for you, but I will not lie or have you put a baby in danger. Mm-hmm. So uh, we proceeded through the pregnancy. Um, Kennedy continued to use um, right up till the day Ariel was born um, heroin, fentanyl, and... Um, she we tried to get her in we went for one ultrasound and i tried to take her to an obstetrician which was referred by our family doctor she said she had experience with um, the alpha house and she'd done the bus that goes around so Mm -hmm. kennedy could be comfortable with her and that was a disaster we went in there and she accused kennedy of lying about the medication she was on so instantly again kennedy's defenses go up we walk out the door she's like i'm never going back again So I'm like, great. So one doctor's appointment in a nine-month pregnancy. So no prenatal care, none. She was living.
0: I I just want to pause there for a minute. How?
1: The accusation, the doctor? No, no. I
0: just like, how was that for you?
1: Do you know what? I think I, I distanced myself. It was almost like When I was a kid, I used to go to the dentist and get nitrous oxide, (laughs) and it was like an out of body experience. It kind of felt like that. Like, I didn't think, I didn't personally, this is, I didn't think the baby would be carried to term. I thought she would miscarry. Because I'm like, how is that possible that she's going to be able to carry a baby with no prenatal care and have a baby, a healthy baby, while she's using? I've seen what drugs do to her, let alone a fetus. Like, there's just no way this is going to turn out. So we didn't see each other very much during her Mm -hmm. pregnancy. After the doctor's appointment, I tried to get her again. I made three more appointments for her. She never showed up. Um, I didn't know where she was living at Mm -hmm. the time. She told me she was in Airdrie. I didn't really know. Mm -hmm. I kind of thought I knew where she was. It was just Mm -hmm. numerous things. And all of a sudden, poof, nine months goes by, and I'm trying to not get attached because as i'm sure you can attest when they're not right with you the worry is a little bit less Mm
0: -hmm. she
1: moved out to bc here not so long ago for like almost two months i heard a siren and i didn't panic because i'm like oh it won't be kennedy because she's not here Mm -hmm. when i hear sirens in the city i worry that somebody's going to not that she's died because they don't use sirens for a death yeah but that somebody was going to rescue her so that was and I think because I didn't really know where she was and I wasn't seeing her, I was able to disassociate mm-hmm. myself from this. Mm-hmm. And, and I just had told her, you're giving the baby up for adoption if you have it. And she's like, no, we're going to keep it. And I'm like, no, you're not. Like, this is, this mm-hmm. is, I'm not going to argue with you anymore. I didn't bring it up because it, we just started fighting. It mm-hmm. wasn't worth it. Mm-hmm. Until the day before she goes into labor, she calls me and her boyfriend called me and he's like, she's going into labor like she needs to go to the hospital and I'm like where are you guys they were at a hotel in Airdrie I drove over there my parents happened to be with me my mom came with me we drove her to urgent care they got her in there and said she was high risk so took her to Calgary mm-hmm. uh, got into the Peter Law got her admitted of course there was judgment from the nurse mm-hmm. at the desk mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. blah 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 amazingly we had an amazing amazing nurse um, her son is actually a police officer, so we wow. were we talked about all the, yeah. the 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 girls coming in delivering babies with yeah. opioid dependency. Mm-hmm. Um, I really like to be specific with that because when you're a baby, you're not addicted; it's a dependency. You're being forced something. Mm-hmm. So, um, Kennedy was in labor for ten hours, and I got to see my daughter being or my granddaughter be born, and she's perfect. She's absolutely perfect. She. It only, um, like Kennedy was in labor pushing maybe 20 minutes. She, of course, they put her on fentanyl in her um, epidural when she came in. So she was suffering no pain and she slept. And they said that usually their moms with opioid addictions sleep because they're so exhausted from not getting proper care, from trying to, carry mm-hmm. a baby and not going to the doctor and mm-hmm. worrying about people judging them for using while they're pregnant um, all these things, that she, they're just exhausted so she slept, we sat there and waited um, 40 minutes of pushing maybe and Ariel was born, she, they had called in the green team because they were worried she might have breathing, she mm-hmm. had nothing uh, withdrawals obviously, yeah, immediately yeah, yeah. Um, she was she got to stay with Kennedy and Chris for the day and then she was taken over to NICU mm-hmm. at Lockheed, which is amazing. Mm-hmm. But again, we still had some issues with the nurses judging when mm-hmm. Kennedy went over there. And mm-hmm. they do have a new program at Peter Laheed with, um, I think her name's Sarah Elliott. She's part of uh, Dr. Tangay's mm-hmm. uh, thing where they try to get mums on Suboxone mm-hmm. right away as soon as they have the baby so that they can try and talk to them about treatment and different options and things like that. And... Mm-hmm unfortunately, Kennedy's nurse mixed up the dosage and put her into precipitated withdrawal. So she was given not enough of the Suboxone. And then there was a mix up with other meds. And she called me screaming. And I had to call Dr. Tangy because I couldn't get a hold of anybody because nobody would call me back. And my daughter's having a meltdown at the, and in the, postnatal unit and she's not with her baby and everybody's got their babies and she's got no one and it was just it was a mess and but he fixed things and got in the right people put her on the right dose and that was good for about three days and then as soon as they discharged her It just. Yeah. Yeah. So um, her and her boyfriend decided to do a voluntary agreement Mm -hmm. with child services. So they agreed. Uh, There was no taking away Mm -hmm, Ariel or mm -hmm. anything. They agreed for to do six months. They were given a list of conditions, kind Mm -hmm. of like probation that they had to. to, Yeah. uh, And I was like, "I'm, I'm not taking her home. I'm not raising my daughter's daughter. I'm 47 years old. I'm recently divorced. I live on my own. I just got rid of my kids. I'm not doing this. Mm -hmm. And of course, child services as well. We try to keep it with family and they want you to take her. And I'm like, I can't do this. And I called my mom and I'm like, can I? And she's like, well, of course you can. You've raised two kids. You're not old. 47. I know lots of people who yeah, are come having on, kids. Sister. I know. <laughs> I'm 48. She's like, I know. So <laughs> she's like, I know lots of kids having kids that or lots of people having kids at your age. So no, you're not too old. But she's like, but Shauna, it will change your whole life, what you were expecting it to be. There will no longer be all these freedoms that you thought you were just handed to you, you're going to be starting over again. And um, I was still wavering until they came to me and said that there's no foster parents for kids with opioid dependency because parents don't want to take them because they think that it's too much work. So if I didn't take her, she was going to the children's cottage, which is, I didn't know is like an orphanage. And she was brand new. And was being weaned off of more She was on morphine, being weaned, and I couldn't let her go there by herself. So, a week after she don't start, you're gonna make me cry. Um, so, a week after she was weaned at the hospital, she did amazing, so good that. The doc, the nurse she was told a me, fighter. oh, a miracle. She is my miracle yeah, baby. Totally. She, the nurse came to me when I was, when we were discharging her, and said that the baby that was delivered that day is not the same baby I was taking home. She's like, I don't know what happened. She goes, maybe it was you being here every single day. Um, I would get off work at four, and I would stay till eleven, and I would hold her and talk to her and do everything I had to do. And Kennedy and her boyfriend tried to get up there, and uh, I'm disappointed that it didn't. It wasn't different, but I'm not mad at them.
0: Yeah, I, I they, get it. They
1: can't. They couldn't help it. And I try to explain that to people, which is really hard. But um, anyway, so August the 12th, I took that little girl home, and she's been with me ever since. <laughs> and now a year later, I'm I'm just in the process. We're going through courts right now for permanent guardianship to be granted to child services so I can take permanency. Kennedy's obviously still struggling. Mm-hmm. She's um, trying really hard to get better. She gets to see, they do visits with Ariel, both of them separately right now. Um, but they're trying, like they're trying and I keep telling Kennedy like, she's gonna be with me and and when <coughs> when you get better because yeah. I know one day you will get better. Yeah. You're gonna be her mom, like her mummy yeah. you are always her mom. they the child services told me that there's two options I have I can do permanency or I can do adoption. but adoption takes their names off a birth certificate mm-hmm. and I don't ever want that. Mm-hmm. I want Ariel to grow up knowing her parents and knowing. The struggles that they went through Mm -hmm. and that they continue to go through and the choices that they made in her best interest Mm -hmm. that that they looked at me and said we trust you with our child because she'll be safe with you and you will still make sure that we get to see her yeah and you'll take care of her like you took care of me the best you could and now with all the extra experience (laughs) hopefully i can (laughs) I can talk to her in ways I couldn't talk to Kennedy because I had been raised that drugs were bad and just don't do them. And that's, yeah. that'll work.
0: And, <clears> and me too. And it I doesn't, it, it
1: doesn't work that way. Yeah.
0: The, fr- the Friday the fr- gone. The- exactly. <laughs> yeah.
1: Exactly.
0: This is your brain on drugs. That's
1: right. <laughs> exactly.
0: So, oh my gosh. so
1: that's like, I've learned so much and, and, and that's, if there's one piece of advice I can give parents who are in the same situation as we are or their kids, they're worried about their kids or worried about their kids coming up in years and age and what they're going to do is get educated Mm -hmm. learn everything you can absolutely that was my biggest mistake is I was so naive I just thought oh Jeff Jeff did drugs when he was a kid if the kids have any problems he'll just take care of it it didn't work out that way
0: I I think our whole society has been bulldozed over by this thing I agree with
1: you it's I don't
0: yeah, know. Especially our youth. Mm-hmm. Especially yes. our kids.
1: Yes. And you I know I yeah. don't even I don't even know if if they still understand how bad it is. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, like I don't mm-hmm. I've been trying forever to get into some of the schools in Airdrie. Mm-hmm. I don't want to talk to the kids, I wanna talk to the parents. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. the school boards don't support me. They they oh you have to go through Alberta Health Services yeah, yeah. everything. I'm like I just wanted another parent to tell me what I needed to know. Yeah. And I think, not that it maybe would have changed the outcome, but it would have helped me be better prepared for what had happened. Mm -hmm. And that Mm -hmm. is, that's just something that I, I try now in my life to help other parents with and other siblings and Mm -hmm. and there are always two paths to this there's recovery or there's death and i am a realist and i've dealt with both possibilities this is not something to be taken lightly we have a very dangerous drug supply we have an an enormous amount of people who still judge Mm -hmm. um, people who use drugs as they're sitting behind their computer drinking their glass of wine and having a beer Um, but they don't, I don't know if they fully understand that these are still people mm-hmm. and they have struggled with whatever and mm-hmm. it's not always trauma or whatever. Maybe they're just experience, experimenting and that something in their system, their chemical, mm-hmm. whatever, just sucks onto that and and they don't stand a chance. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's very, very dangerous. and And I think the more people that can tell their story and have that weight lifted off their shoulders Mm -hmm. I think we will start to normalize it and I heard you talking to Lindsay the other day and saying from where things were to where they are now is incredible and Mm -hmm. there are things out there but even I mean I have my support group but I just found out that the NA for parents support group that was running in Calgary is like it stopped everybody's so there used to be a Naranon for mm-hmm, parents mm-hmm. in Calgary, yes, and yes. It's, it's non-existent now. So the girl that runs their social media just sends people to me now because she's like, there's nowhere else. Yeah, I, I know. I think it's it's I've the noticed. most underutilized thing that we need is support for parents yes. and families. Yes, and I agree. it is not yeah. where it needs to be. Yeah, and there's yeah. only so many of us yeah. that can be there to help people. Like, mm-hmm. I mean... I still, I just, I hear my parents and they're just beyond their wits end. They don't know what to do. They don't know how to go through the healthcare system. They don't know how to deal with police. They don't know mm-hmm. all of these things that mm-hmm. that I only know because I I went through it. Yeah, yeah. But if I'd had somebody helping me or saying to me try this or yeah. have you done this or yeah. setting this boundary is okay totally because ba- that's all a it's part all of it it's all about too. it
0: it's not just what what treatment center exactly. can I take my kid to but it's yes. learning how to have boundaries and yeah. what that and, needs to look and like, learning
1: and like we said you don't need to spend fifty thousand dollars on a treatment center mm-hmm. if your child is ready the treatment needs to be there for mm-hmm. them to go mm-hmm. um if they're if they waver in the next day you you could have lost them and that's something I I fully believe we need more treatment centers mm-hmm.
0: more beds more everything yeah yeah that's so, starting to happen now yes, which is awesome slowly, and yeah. then even I I really I really believe and and think that prevention mm, as well I too agree. right like getting these like you're saying yes, about getting into the yes, schools getting parents, these messages yes. into the places where yes. our youth and our yeah. young people and our yeah. kids are and just, yeah getting, yeah, getting the message out there. Yeah.
1: And, and, and educating the people who are educating those people. Like, <laughs> I mean, Nathan yeah. had, for his grad, he's two years younger than his sister. And his grad, they had the RCMP come in and talk to them about yeah. fentanyl and naloxone yeah, kits and yeah. everything, because they were doing aftergrads. And Nathan, um, a girl in the crowd said, can you tell us about the Good Samaritan Act? And the RCMP and Energy didn't, he said, oh, there's n- no, he goes, there's n- no such thing. And Nathan's like, yeah, it's because my kids are educated on this. Mm-hmm. And he went on and told the RCMP and the RCMP is like, no, I think you're mistaken. So, of course, Nathan comes home and he's in an uproar. He's like, mom, you need to do something about this. And he knows me. I'm like, okay, where do I, who do I call? Who do I need to give yeah. shit to? And um, he, he, I sent an email to the RCMP and he's like, no, I'm sorry, they, it's, there's no, And I had to send him a link from the Alberta government before he knew that there was such a thing as the Good Samaritan Act, so yeah. that if somebody can call 911 and help, um, carrying an naloxone kit, like all these simple mm-hmm. things that mm-hmm. my family doctor mm-hmm. who has apologized to me profusely since then, she says, has said numerous times, I should have paid more attention mm-hmm. when Kennedy was sleeping all the time. And
0: mm-hmm. But you know what too with is cuz i like I, I get all this at the same time mm-hmm. you know just the you know not being up to speed on on yeah. everything right like yeah. the teachers yes. the police yes. the doctors like the i mean the list there's goes on and on yeah, there's I a know. lot right and i i just i think at the end of the day too it's just we're all in this together I
1: agree yeah
0: even they even they are. Yeah, that's true. You know what I mean? Yeah. And we're all kind of learning figuring this and figuring it out as we yeah, go I because know. this thing and by this thing I mean this addiction monster mm-hmm. machine fentanyl mm-hmm. opioid mm-hmm. like this this thing has taken everyone by storm by yes. everyone by surprise. Yes. It, has, yeah. it has hit hard and fast. It's been relentless. Mm-hmm. It's, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And it, we just were unprepared.
1: Mm-hmm. And why do you think that it's still not getting enough attention?
0: <sighs> because
1: I know on social media, <laughs> we both comment on the same things numerous times. And like COVID deaths are reported daily. Yeah, yeah. Is it, is I, it because they, people still... Devalue addiction.
0: well I mean, yeah, there's probably some of that there for sure, right? Which is sad. Yeah, I there probably is. I, you know, that's a whole other. I know. <laughs> we can talk about that for hours. Yeah, yeah, I, know. yeah I know. That's, a, that's I know. another it's podcast shot Very true. Um, but yeah, I just, so I just think that it's, you know, because I know, like, in in the several years I've been working in this now, I just, I know that. everyone wants everyone wants us to get a win
1: yeah I know
0: you know what I mean like I I have some amazing partnerships with with our community Mm -hmm. you know with the police Mm -hmm. and with our community and we all want to win yeah I know we all want to win on this thing you know what I mean like there it's and and we and we all have had to learn to pivot and mm-hmm. pivot and pivot and pivot and pivot and mm-hmm. pivot you know we need to you know even navigating the system better mm-hmm. like some of these are just dropped balls that mm-hmm. people just yeah, didn't, didn't know get, yeah they didn't yeah. know and so I think we all just need to keep on keeping on and you need to just keep on doing what you're doing and mm-hmm. having the conversations that you're having and reaching the people and the families that you, cause you never know where yeah, know. that is, yeah. you know, that thread, yeah. right? That thread of hope, that thread of solution, that mm-hmm. thread of even just even conviction for mm-hmm. even what is right. Like the, what is morally right? Like, yeah. cause we are fighting for, human beings exactly. we are fighting for families yeah. and we matter yeah. they matter we all matter yeah,
1: exactly i always say that to people i'm like i don't i, I don't condone kennedy's drug use one yeah. iota yeah. please don't get me wrong yeah. i don't i don't think it's right i don't think yeah people should use drugs i think that everybody i don't I mean, I always have this discussion when people bring up safe consumption sites. I don't want my daughter to be using drugs for the rest of her life, Mm -hmm. legally or Mm non-legally. I don't mm -hmm. want that. Mm -hmm. However, I think we all need to work together Mm -hmm. for the greater good. Mm -hmm, mm Do you know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. Try to put differences aside and opinions aside of different things and be like, what is going to get keep the most people alive the longest that we can? Mm until we figure this out and get it so that it's like any sort of thing. So I can go to work and say, you know what, my daughter has cancer. My daughter has drug addiction and I need a week off because she's going to be in the hospital. And they're like, okay, can we bring you a casserole? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because <laughs> nobody brought me a casserole. I know, when I know. I Don't even I, get me started yeah, on the food train. I know, exactly. I know. It's like, I know. What the heck? Yeah. but no, And, no, and I think it's, it. it's, I mean, it's the same thing. Elephant in the room. Like mm-hmm. nobody asked me how Kennedy's doing until I post a picture of her and she looks okay. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But in the meantime, it's like, nobody asks mm-hmm. how she's doing. And I,
0: I think sometimes people just, just don't, know don't know what know. to say. I know. I know. They just and don't I know what to say. And I have to try and remember you know? that. Yeah. But again, that's my Because it's hard or even right, right, how to say it. Yeah. Like how to say that, I know. you know? Yeah. Uh, do I say, is she still on drugs? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, what are, what's What's the right thing <laughs> to the, say? Like, how do you like, say, do you yeah, say yeah, it without offending people or hurting people? You know, so I think it just, some people just don't know what to say.
1: And I think a lot of parents too, maybe don't know how to answer. Like I'm, yeah. I'm very comfortable with. It. She's in active addiction right now, and she's she's working on it. Yeah, that's and when she's in recovery, she's in recovery. But mm-hmm. I think again, those are terms that you learn when yeah, totally. you yeah are living this life for yeah. so long. Absolutely,
0: so, absolutely. Anyway. Okay, well, I think we're uh... you're you're <laughs> so amazing. now. <laughs> so are I, you. The, yeah, I'm
1: just... you're my hero. Oh, shut <laughs> up. you are. I I. Right. I still remember. I have to say it. Like I, when I first found out about Kennedy's addiction, you and Eden were on the news and I sat there and cried like a baby because I was like, oh my God, somebody is going through what I'm going through. Eden's the same age as Kennedy. Mm -hmm. She's like very, she's, she's, she's 23, right? Uh, Eddie's 22, Okay, yeah. so yeah. so is Kennedy. Yeah. They're so close in age, same scenario, same mm-hmm. situation, and just a mom who wasn't going to give up mm-hmm. and was going to do what needed to be done and was going public was something that I hadn't even told my parents about yet. Like, I just... And I, again, I saw you at a panel and I was like, I have to meet that lady. Like, <laughs> she's going to change the world and I'm going watcher watch oh her my. so that I can just ride on her little toenails. <laughs> to- because, yeah, and here you are changing the world. So you have my full admiration. I'm so proud of everything you've done. Thank you, Sean. I honestly. It means it's, a lot. Oh, it's You're amazing.
0: Well, I think you're amazing too. Oh, well, thank you. But yeah, <laughs> I, I want you to to please um, tell us about the the parent support group, tell people where they can find you, how they can find you, and for all of our listeners mm-hmm. I just we're gonna I'm gonna post this also in the description of the podcast when we drop uh Shauna's podcast so if you're um looking to join the support group or know a family that yeah. needs the support yeah. the information will be there so tell us yeah. tell us about we, the support group
1: there's a couple of different options Kay. that they can go with I have a Facebook page okay and I have a website it's called HereTogether.ca. both are called both here together are here okay. together if you google it you'll find us Kay. um the website does show the group's with COVID, we've had to kind of alter right. things. Right. Yes, of course. Um, I'm. Yeah. I don't. I'm not nonprofit. I'm just. I just do this on my own. Yeah. So I was just paying the library to let us rent a room. Um, they've stopped letting us do that. I did try to run a couple of meetings in Calgary. We got really low attendance. So my Calgary families just come to Airdrie. It's okay, not that far. Yeah. we're meeting it. We meet on the last Sunday of every month. Okay, um, we're meeting in a park for the next two months. Yeah, because nice. It's, it's beautiful. It's gorgeous yeah. out. Um, but all our meetings are posted, and you can actually go on Facebook at Here Together. Okay. we have a pub, a private Facebook group, and we have people from northern Alberta down a couple in the states just who need that support Um, if you aren't comfortable with coming to in-person meetings or can't meet in person Mm -hmm. it's just another alternative there's we have people who post things some who don't post anything Mm -hmm. are just Mm -hmm. there for the support and hopefully that's it. It, it it is definitely for um people who have family members suffering through addiction right mm-hmm, now. Mm-hmm. Um, we do have a couple of, of family members who have lost children okay. who are a part of our group just to give us another alternative. Yeah, yeah. Um, one of our family members recently lost their child, and that was a struggle. It was the first family that I had in my group that lost someone wow. since we started. We started mm. January of 2019, as you mentioned. Yeah. So, mm. um, I did want to just mention one thing yeah. too. It's My last name is Taylor. I go by Catherine for my Facebook oh. page. So if anybody is looking up anything, it's it's under Shauna Taylor. Oh, so, I'm sorry. No, Shana. that's okay. When I got divorced, I'm like, whew, get rid of that name oh. for a little while. <laughs> but I'm like, well, it's just easier to keep it now that all my kids, uh, both my kids have it. That's so, funny. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, so, okay. and, and our group is... I mean, when we were inside, we were at capacity and mm-hmm. different. Wow, like good for you, you don't have to come to every meeting either. If you yeah, feel yeah. the need, you come to one. If you Great. don't, that's yeah. okay too.
0: Absolutely. It's,
1: uh, I'm, I, am i am always there. I say I'm there. If I'm the only person in the room, that's still okay. At least and I know. Absolutely. Somebody can yes. come if they need to. Yes.
0: So. That's wonderful. Yeah. So here together, yes. you can find Shauna on Facebook the here together facebook page and heretogether.com.ca.ca heretogether.ca yeah. uh if you're looking for support or know someone that needs some support. Yeah. And so it, like I said again I will have it on the podcast description when we drop this episode and Shauna I well, am, thank you so thank much you. for having me. It was this great. This is yeah this has I been love, really really great. Yeah. I thank I you so much.
1: I love talking about Kennedy and and yeah it just like I said, share your story if yes. you can. It's, it's the greatest weight. You will feel lifted off of you, and you won't realize how many other people are going through the same thing once you start talking about it.
0: So true, and I know—I yeah. just know that uh, this this podcast is going to reach a lot I of hope families. So. I, I, hope I, I, so. I, yeah, there's a lot of us out there. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, a lot yeah. of us out there. And well, thank so, you again. I really oh, appreciate you're so. It. Uh, thank you. I'm so. I'm so glad. <laughs> See, we that could you're have a here.
1: whole podcast just <laughs> gushing <laughs> about each other. <laughs> oh, you're <laughs> We'll just awesome. do that for an hour.
0: You're so great. <laughs> oh my. God. (laughs) so yeah thanks everyone for for joining with us today um and for just uh yeah, just being present with us on this journey. This is the Ordinary Courage podcast. You can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts. You can find us on VenetiaBriot.com. I think we're pretty much on, on almost every, every platform out there. So I really, really appreciate uh, you guys taking the time to listen. Um, please remember to pass it on. Uh, take someone that needs to, to uh, listen to this message and uh, if you got anything out of this, again, yeah, just pass it on. Thanks, everyone. This is the Ordinary Courage Podcast with your host, Venetia Briault.